Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 879. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Let's read the passage. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God Most High, met Abraham and blessed him as he returned from defeating the kings. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, mother, or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. But resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. This is the book of Hebrews. This is a letter, a written sermon, to a group of Jewish Christians. We assume that they're toying with the idea of leaving Christianity, going back to Judaism, because of the persecution in the Roman Empire of Christianity. He's making the point that Jesus is greater than anything they could be hoping to go to. Jesus is greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the Old Testament priesthood. Jesus is the great high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. That's from Psalm 110, verse 4. and It was understood to be a messianic psalm. So now we pick it up in chapter 7. We've just had this whole section from 5.11 through 6.20 of explaining this is a tough concept, but you've got to move on to maturity in order to understand it. But it is important. Now he continues explaining this idea of Christ being a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now we're going to get some history about Melchizedek. There's not much in the Bible about Melchizedek. He's mentioned in Genesis 14. And then we have that one line in Psalm 110, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So there's not a lot there. And pretty much it's all explained here in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 7. He says, verse 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of God Most High, met Abraham and blessed him as he returned from defeating the kings. So he says he's king of Salem. It's generally thought that's the same as Jerusalem. Some say, no, it might be another place, but most likely it's the city of Jerusalem. And remember that each city basically had their own king. We think king, we think king of an entire region, a country. But at this point, it's pretty much city kings because it was this war, five kings against four kings, that these invading kings from the east came and captured Abraham's nephew Lot. And then Abraham, with his force of 318 men, were able to defeat the invading kings and rescue Lot and the other prisoners. So Melchizedek is the king of the city of Salem, probably Jerusalem. And we're told priest of God Most High. That's what we're told in Genesis 14. And he tells us, met Abraham and blessed him as a return from defeating the kings. Now we're not told why this happened other than he did it in his function as priest of God Most High. He blesses Abraham. He recognizes that Abraham is special, that Abraham is been chosen by God for something special, and because of that, 
he blesses Abraham. And that's all from Genesis 14, verse 2. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Now, he also met the king of Sodom. And the king of Sodom said, return the prisoners to me and you can keep all the stuff you captured as your prize from the battle. But Abraham refuses to retain any of the material goods that he captured. Instead, he gives a tenth of it, a tithe, to Melchizedek. Now the author of Hebrews explains some things. First, his name means king of righteousness. The word Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem. We're told he's the king of Salem. And the author of Hebrews explains meaning king of peace. The word Salem is part of the word group Shalom, which means peace. Interesting, uh, if you go to another messianic passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, this description of the coming Messiah, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So here Melchizedek is the king of peace, and the Messiah is described as the prince of peace. Similarly, the next verse, Isaiah 9-7, the dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. So he's described with righteousness. So these descriptions of the Messiah in Isaiah 9 involve peace and righteousness which are descriptions of Melchizedek. Verse 3, without father, mother, or genealogy, having neither the beginning of days nor the end of life. So what's this mean, without mother, father, or genealogy? Does this mean some kind of supernatural origin? Does this mean he's an angel? Some say he is Christ himself, the pre-incarnate Christ a Christophany, an appearance of Christ in the flesh before his incarnation. Could be. I don't think this is enough to, to go on there. But what he's basically saying is there's nothing in the scripture giving his mother, his father, his genealogy. It's not that he doesn't have one. It's the scripture is silent about this. And we said, well, so what? There's a lot of people in the Bible that parentage, their genealogy isn't mentioned. But for a priest, it's a big deal. Remember, in the idea of the priesthood of the Old Testament, the Aaronic priesthood, it's called the Aaronic priesthood because they're all descendants of Aaron. And you had to have documentation that showed that. After the Babylonian captivity, a lot of the priests were basically kicked out of the priesthood because there wasn't sufficient documentation to show their genealogy. So being a descendant of Aaron was a big deal for the Old Testament priesthood. It had to be documented, your genealogy, taking it all the way back to Aaron to show you were a legitimate priest. Because the only reason you were a legitimate priest was because you were a descendant of Aaron, Moses' brother, who was the first high priest. So genealogy was huge in the priesthood of the Old Testament. And so he's not saying there's anything supernatural about Melchizedek. What he's saying is it's not like 
the Old Testament priesthood, descendants of Aaron, has nothing to do with genealogy. Why is he a priest? Because God appointed him a priest. He didn't inherit it from his parents. It wasn't passed on to him. He's unique in this category. And the whole idea of neither beginning of days nor end of life, does that mean he never died? No, it's just saying there's nothing about it. So there's not a recorded beginning or end of his priesthood. And then this bottom line, but resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. So resembling the Son of God, notice that's worded such that Melchizedek is like Christ. Not so much Christ is like Melchizedek. Christ is the pattern to follow. It's not that you have Christ following the pattern of Melchizedek, but he's set up along the lines of how Christ will come himself, and he remains a priest forever. Now, this is a confusing statement, and I think he's just using the wording of Psalm 110, verse 4 here. He's not saying this guy Melchizedek lasts forever. He's not saying Melchizedek never died. Melchizedek did die. And so he ceased to function as a priest. But the idea of his priesthood is not tied to anything time-wise. And so it's a little hard to understand, even harder to explain it. But I think the best way to think about it, the way he's trying to get it across here, is Melchizedek is basically foreshadowing what Christ will be like. That his priesthood is based on his appointment from God, not on his lineage, not on his genealogy. What we see is a forecast, a shadow of what's to come in Melchizedek becomes reality in Jesus Christ. There's eight things that the author tells us here about Melchizedek. He's the king of Salem. He's a priest of the God Most High. His name means king of righteousness. He's the king of Salem, which means king of peace. He's without father or mother. He's without genealogy. He's without beginning of days or end of life. And he's like the Son of God in that he remains a priest forever. And the whole reason he's doing all this is he's just given the history background now. His point is the superiority of Melchizedek over Abraham. Abraham being the father of God's people, Melchizedek was superior to him. And because of that, Melchizedek is superior to the Old Testament priesthood. And that, that's why Jesus is not Melchizedek, but he's in the order of Melchizedek, meaning the priesthood of Jesus is similar to that priesthood we saw in Melchizedek. So the author wasn't blowing smoke when he said, this is hard to understand. We've got to leave elementary things and move on to maturity. It is hard to understand. But the point he's making isn't that hard to understand that Jesus is superior. He's better than anything you could look to move away from Christianity and look to anything else. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews 2.11.